What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamAndBaseballFan.com. Hope everybody is doing well out there in uh, baseball card land. I've, uh, I'm actually uh, have been uh, have had, I, I guess you could call it tunnel vision, over the past uh, week or two. I've actually been really, really hyper focused on a personal custom project. That's really kind of the wildest thing I've ever done before. Uh, really excited to show it off, guys. Like, and it's kind of funny also because. As I'm doing these uh, for my collection, obviously I'm doing them for myself. Uh, but uh, being able to show them to you all means the world to me also. I love hearing feedback. Uh, the good kind of feedback, of course, not necessarily the bad kind. <laughs> it's not, not people saying, oh, it's terrible, you suck, you're terrible. Uh, not that kind of feedback, but the good kind of feedback, it just it makes my day. So really excited to show this uh i also hope that the work that i do uh in some small part inspires designers for the card companies to possibly bring some stuff in uh to the newer uh products and you know it's it's kind of funny there's there are people that tell me all the time you need a patent that and all the stuff i'm doing but honestly i uh I would consider the highest form of flattery for someone like, say, Tops, uh, to take an idea that I've come up with and implement it. And obviously, at some point, I'd like to have uh, some hand in what they're doing myself. Uh, that way, I can just kind of say that my fingerprints have been, uh, you know, kind of immortalized on a Tops product. Uh, flagship product would be great, but anything really, uh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah, Panini and Leaf also would be great too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something, this project is something that I've been putting a lot of brain power in and start part of, part of this, I'm sorry for the traffic guys. You know, I uh, do these podcasts when I'm walking outside, so you're always going to hear traffic and everything, but, um, but anyway, yeah, like, uh, I've put a lot of brain power in it and there's a lot of times like sometimes like there could be like a whole day where I'm like focused on it and I don't really feel like I've gotten much progress and so it kind of there there are two things that war at me uh on the inside there's the uh the artistic mode which you know you can't really rush it right it, it just comes and then there's the productive side uh I run a website business so uh, I'm all about deadlines and I've got to meet those and I've got to, I've, uh, clients I have to deal with and I've got programs I have to deal with. So I'm, I'm kind of a little all over the place. Um, so when it comes to mixing, you know, like left brain, right brain stuff all together, it's kind of difficult for me sometimes because I can get down if, uh, if I don't, uh, see, significant improvements or progress on even personal projects uh and i was telling holly about that the other day i was like man she's like why do you seem down?" i was like well i'm kind of kind of bummed because of the uh, project isn't coming along she goes the project you're doing for yourself i go yep <laughs> that's basically how it is you know because i feel like i always have the the next thing i gotta get on to and then the next thing and the next thing and so uh the one thing there's also two other things that war inside of me. There's a uh, phrase, there's a quote, it says, uh, done is better than perfect. And that's kind of how I live my life. 
where uh, I know that uh, uh, there are a lot of people out there that are perfectionists. And almost to a fault, meaning that if an item that they're doing, any project whatsoever that they're doing isn't perfect, uh, they won't launch or they won't show it or finish it or anything. And so they suffer uh, what would be called uh, paralysis by analysis. They are looking at things for too long and then they ultimately give up because they're too bored or frustrated or stressed out or uh, anxiety uh, driven. They go, okay, uh, no, I can't. I'll, I'll, I'll put this on the back burner uh, until another day. Well, guess what? Another day never comes and these unfinished projects will uh, stack up over and over and over again. That's where you have a lot of people out there that will say, you know, hey, I've got, you know, 20, 30, 40 different amazing ideas, but, you know, not one has been executed. And it's because uh, they might live by the philosophy, uh, perfect is better than done. Uh, well, like I said, for me personally, uh, done is better than perfect. And so a lot of times, uh, the problem is, though, is, is whenever ever I complete a project, I want it to be like just really stinking awesome, right? And so I understand that I can't get it to be perfect because nobody's perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect piece. Uh, not, you know, one has not been uh, created ever. Um, and uh, so that's kind of helped me along in finishing up projects. Like that's one thing that I'm, I would say pretty, I'm pretty good at. If I start something, I finish it. And uh, so that's kind of what's been driving me is I know that uh, in spite of the slow progress on this, uh, on this personal project, I know I'm in it for the long haul. So part of the frustration for me is like, I'm stuck with it until I'm done. <laughs> and so uh, I don't think there's gonna be any taking a break on this one or anything, which is fine because I think I can, if I squint my eyes just enough, I think I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, <laughs> we'll see if that's, uh, if that's true or not because what happens, by the way, you guys, is like whenever I am in the middle of a project that I'm really trying to do something that's like groundbreaking or cutting edge or something, uh, there are times throughout the weeks that I'm actually creating it uh, where I'm constantly thinking about it. If I'm not talking or doing something else, I'm actually thinking about projects I'm working on and how I can improve it. And so uh, for the past week, I think every single uh, day I've come up with at least one way to improve this thing. And uh, it's been really good because it gets me excited again about it, but it also frustrating because I look at the past, uh, <laughs> the, the past uh, progress over the past several days and I look forward and I think, man, this is gonna take even longer, what's going on? But uh, at the end of the day, I know what's gonna happen here. And uh, I don't want to uh, finish a project especially at this stage in the game uh, and post it live and everything until I'm super satisfied with it. I don't want there to be any, whoa, you know, what if this or what if that? I learned my lesson whenever I went to Canseco's uh, house and had him sign some things. There were some, a bunch of customs I did and I had him sign. I was really excited about it. Uh, one of them was a 
very big mistake. It's actually a jumbo patch of a uh, uh, White Sox jersey instead of a Yankees jersey. And I had him sign it about, you know, talking about like his first home run for uh, uh, the Yankees or something like that. So, yeah, you know, the card company screw up too. And I did and I knew it, but I was like, oh, no, it's going to be too long for me to uh, fix it or whatever. But as I sit here now or stay in here, I guess, or walk here, <laughs> uh, several years later, I'm thinking, man, even if it took me just a, a half a day to finish it up, I'd have like a proper piece. So I'm trying to look at this from the long run. And, uh, you know, one of the other projects I did, I think about two years ago now, which has stood out really, really well for me. I've been very happy with it still. And um, I love it when people, uh, you know, find it on, on the internet. But they're the 1889 Goodwin A35 uh, round uh, rounds. And so it's, uh, it's part of an album from 1889, obviously from Goodwin. And uh, these, uh, the sheets of the albums are, they're not really a, a typical album. They're actually more like trading cards, but just circular. Um, and, uh, you know, they, you can look on my website, by the way, tanmanbaseballfan.com and search for like, I think I called it my quarantine project. I think I probably, uh, posted it March of 2020 or maybe April somewhere in there march april may june check around in there but you know search my quarantine project and it should come up uh but these 19th century uh pieces like uh it's i've said it before i'll say it again it's uh, 19th century lithography at its finest uh, i don't think that there is better uh 19th century lithography out there i just don't uh as far as you know baseball stuff goes so uh, the problem is, is they're so awkward and so big, they're so difficult to properly display and therefore makes it like really weird uh, to have. Like you can, you can get like an eight and a half by 11, uh, you know, top loader or, you know, I don't know if that would even fit it actually. They're big, they're pretty big, uh, but something like that in, in storm in there, but it just looks weird, you know? So, uh, so I decided to, uh, design a huge uh and actually invented like a new holder it's like a slide-in holder um with a custom artwork to go around it to make these pieces actually rectangle uh all together and the a35 round album pieces are embedded inside but there's a slide out mechanism so i can you know, swap them out if i need to or you know reposition or whatever and uh you know, they turned out amazing and uh, it's great because every time uh, somebody says something online about them, because they're not very well known and they're very rare also, like not, they don't ever hardly show up. Uh, but every time somebody says something, it's almost like, uh, almost invariably, somebody will bring up the uh, project they did. And, uh, you know, it makes me very happy that uh, in spite of the fact when I was like right in the middle of it, like just really kind of you know, uh, spending, you know, like burning the midnight oil, like really kind of thinking how to, how to piece things together and all that. Uh, I really started thinking like, like, man, is this, is this worth it? What am I doing this for? Like, this is just my project. Why am I doing this? Uh, but you know, they, they're displayed. A couple of, the, of them are displayed in my office today. And, uh, I love looking at them. 
and I love their, their great conversation pieces. I love being able to uh, uh, hear other people reference my YouTube video that shows them or uh, the article or the pictures I've taken on them. And uh, you know, it's just been really, really fun. Just a neat little thing to be able to do. Uh, and so that's kind of how I see this next project here. Um, it's gonna be something I think that probably nobody has seen anything like before. And, uh, you know, really, like I said, really excited, uh, kind of nervous because I'm having to uh, source different materials from different places. And some of these places are being like really slow. Uh, so that's kind of a frustrating situation there where it's kind of like a hurry up and wait uh, <laughs> kind of deal there. But, you know, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. So, you know, I've spent probably 13 minutes talking about this custom stuff. So, uh, what I was actually going to talk to you about is uh, is really kind of how uh, like how to know when it's time to move on from key cards. Uh, I know that we've been there a lot. Uh, you know, I've been there a lot. I'm sure you've probably been there a lot. Also, there are probably some cards in your collection that are you know hot stuff. They're you know good good cards that you are very thankful to have, and uh, if you don't have those and my suggestion would be to uh, sell the cards that you don't really care too terrible much about to fund something that you really do care about um, that's kind of where you can really get excited in this hobby um, but anyway so you uh, uh, you know you might sometime be uh, 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 you know approached by somebody who might possibly be interested in a card of yours, or you know somebody would just you know die to have something you have. And so you might come go to the mindset of, well, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be buried with this card here. That's uh that's just a given. I'm never you know getting rid of this card, or you know, when I die, my wife or my kids or whatever can you know sell it or or whatever, but I am never getting rid of this. And so uh, I've actually uh, had some cards that were honest to goodness legitimate grail cards over the past uh, I want to say about a year or so that uh, that would really kind of make uh, many 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 collectors just absolutely salivate and I moved on from them I sold them and so there were two main reasons why this happened and I think probably the way that this is going to help you, the, the telling of my story, I hope, will help you in this way. That when you are uh, faced with this, whether it is voluntarily or involuntarily, hopefully you'll be able to make a good decision and a quick decision so you don't uh, squander an opportunity. So the first time, or the first uh, uh, you know, kind of set of cards I sold, were, uh, you know, I did this for my Conseco collection. I don't think I'd really like to say exactly what they are, but ultimately they were uh, some really tough to find uh, prototype cards. I've talked about them a little bit in the past, but uh, really special cards. But uh, I moved on from them because I've kind of transitioned from a box collector and when I say box collector, I don't mean wax box collector. Um, though I would love more wax, uh, wax boxes. <laughs> wax boxes. <laughs> um, I would love more wax boxes. And I hope to get some again 
I sold out my entire collection of those a few years ago. But uh, when I say box collector, I mean uh, collecting cards just to put them in a box. Um, I don't like that. That's not really my thing anymore. Uh, I like displaying my cards. I like being able to uh, look at them when I am, you know, working and then just kind of swiveling my chair and being able to see them or go up and pick them up and, you know, enjoy them that way. Uh, that's the way that I uh, like collecting so much more now. It's so much more fulfilling. Uh, and uh, also whenever... I get the feeling like, oh man, I've got a few holes in my collection or I'm missing. Like that has been so drastically minimized, you guys, uh, because uh, when it comes to displaying things, because uh, I am always overcome uh, with, man, I've got some really cool stuff as opposed to, oh man, I'm missing a few things. So I really highly recommend you displaying them uh, in a safe place, of course, and you know, protect them, insure them, that sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, like putting them in a box that that kind of bred something in me where I was like oh I always had the gotta have gotta have gotta have gotta get more gotta get more gotta get more uh and that's not been the case anymore now that I've displayed so uh the cards that I moved on from it was it was a difficult decision but I looked at them I go you know what there's nothing really special about these cards to me from a visual perspective. I'm a very much so a visual person. Um, I love design. I love, uh, you know, lots of things, but the, the visual aspect of it is very important to me. And these cards just were not very visually appealing. And the value of uh, selling them was good, so I was able to move that into uh, some other uh, vintage cards which you know you can't really <laughs> you, know, you can't really uh, go wrong with those vintage cards doing that and stuff like that right so anyway uh yeah it was it was really an interesting uh interesting situation because i've always looked back over the past year since i sold them and it was like a good lot of them like a, a good chunk of you know maybe seven eight nine you know pretty big cards and i've, I've always gone back and forth thinking like you know huh do I really, do I really want uh, to sell those? Was was that really a good idea? And I started thinking, you know, obviously yes, they're special, beautiful, you know, special cards. Not necessarily beautiful, but <laughs> they're special cards and super rare. But I started really thinking about, like, why did I love them for the amount that I got them and got from them? And uh, I think it ultimately came down to two things. The story behind the cards, which were, you know, which were really good, really cool stories. But the other thing was how highly the other, the community of collectors that collected these types of cards esteemed them. And uh, that was kind of an interesting little bit of a wake-up call for me because uh, I started thinking, huh, did I assign such a high value in my mind? for my collection on these because of what other people uh, value them at. And that's not really a knock. That's not like a self put down or anything like that. Uh, I think we do that by default. Um, I think I shared this like a few weeks ago, like with the, uh, the muscle collection that I've been uh, putting together recently, the uh, 
you know, those little, little pink flesh uh, action figure guys from the 80s. Um, I, I moved into the hobby and uh, <laughs> they, they have this one piece where it's called the claw and it's basically just a hand with, looks like it's got a bunch of warts on it and it's got a uh, little face, a growling face on one of the fingers. And I was like, man, that is so stupid. <laughs> that is so stupid. I started moving into the community uh, and realized that it was a fan favorite. Like the claw was like basically the Babe Ruth of uh, these muscle figures. You know, huh, well, that's interesting. And eventually it wore off on me or wore on me. I go, man, I got to get a claw. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I was wanting to get all the other different colors because they did rainbows of, of muscle figures back then. In fact, uh, one of the holy grails of the uh, muscle uh, community is the purple claw. is very rare, and one of the last ones sold uh, for about $1,500, if I remember correctly. Uh, and you know, it's funny, because you start immersing yourself in a certain community uh, of collectors or something, and your opinion changes. <laughs> you know, it changes on how exciting a certain piece is when it might not have been too interesting to you before. Uh, so that's exactly what happened. It's kind of fun to, to come to that realization in a completely different hobby. But uh, that's, I think, kind of what happened with some of these other, uh, these other super hard to find cards of uh, Canseco that I sold. And uh, do I regret moving them? I don't know. I don't think so. Because I feel like, just like everything, I think that they're going to come up again. And I think most of the big time collectors of those types of cards already have their copies. So, you know, I feel like uh, I've got a pretty good shot at uh, landing them again if I want them. I'm just still not sure. Uh, so, you know, another thing, uh, <laughs> and this kind of goes to uh, reason number two why you would sell possibly or why. I've sold. So the number one, just to recap, it's because uh, I kind of realized that the cards I had uh, that were, you know, high, highly valuable were cards that uh, I esteemed highly, largely because the community did. And paired that with uh, the fact that I didn't really see them too uh, visually appealing. So, you know, that kind of helped me move on uh, from those cards. And also, just kind of the, the cherry on the top is realizing that there's going to be more down the road. I mean, there just always is. And uh, that's kind of what makes the, you know, collecting fun is, is the actual search. And I think a lot of us as collectors, we don't embrace that enough. I think we, uh, we search like we are like our pants are on fire or something like we've got a, um, and I probably use the wrong idiom there. I shouldn't say pants are on fire, hair on fire. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we search these cards like, uh, like our hair's on fire because we want to, uh, satisfy this itch. And the only way it can be satisfied is if we, uh, land a certain card. But as I've said before, uh, we've got to really, really embrace the fact that the journey can be just as rewarding, if not more, than the destination itself. When you have the cards like, yay, oh, it's cool, but the exhilaration uh, and uh, excitement 
is in the hunt, in my opinion. And so that's, that's how it is for me anyway. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm okay with uh, moving on from some of these cards because uh, none of them are one of ones. And I will, uh, I'm sure I'll always have a shot uh, at some juncture to get them back. They're just, they're just there, you know. So the other reason why I would move on uh, from certain cards that are uh, big cards, it's the reason why I don't have a Babe Ruth right now. It's the reason why one of my super top, a couple of my super top Conseco cards are gone uh, now. And uh, reason why... Uh, one of my T206 Ty Cobbs are gone is all because I was offered a large amount of money uh, for, uh, you know, for these cards. And so I've had to wrestle with this before because on almost every account on these cards I sold, I wish I had them, but it doesn't overcome the fact that I made a good decision parting with them because of the price. And so uh, that's kind of one thing which is really, uh, really difficult to gauge because obviously time will tell if it was a good, you know, good decision or not. Because like the, uh, the Babe Ruth I had, um, I almost, uh, I almost doubled my money on it. Uh, but, uh, who knows, maybe if I held it for another year, uh, I could have tripled my money. You just don't know. You know, you really just don't know. Uh, what's going on and what could happen. Uh, so anyways, you know, with that said, it's, uh, it's something where, uh, you know, you look at it and you go, okay, I made the best decision possible given the time that it was dealt away. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never, I can never regret, uh, doing something like that, especially when you think it's a financially smart move. And also you have a chance to do something even more special uh, with the money down the road with that money, you know? So, uh, you know, whether or not that Ruth triples the next year and I don't think it will, but you never know, it might. Um, you know, it, it mainly depends on, uh, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what the money that I got uh, from it, what I'm doing with it, you know? So uh, obviously you always wanna look out for deals and stuff so you know the the money i put into something else might quadruple um you know or or it might tank you know so i don't know <laughs> it just all depends really right um but you know so those are kind of two of the reasons why uh i've considered and have uh moved on from some really really heavy hitter cards and uh you know i think uh you know to really kind of tie all of this together I want to say this one more time. These cards, uh, they'll be around. You know, don't be too terribly anxiety-driven for losing something, because there will always be others down down the road. And, and even if it's a one of one or something, or a prototype where there's only one that's known of or something, uh, you never know. It might circulate back uh, to you, or uh, there are always other cards out there. Guys, always other cards that can replace those, even though may, they may not be the same ones, but there's others that are equally as uh, important or exciting or rare. Uh, and it just might be around the corner here. So that's kind of really what makes this exciting. And uh, it also helps us to alleviate any uh, stress or anxiety. I don't want any of us to have any anxiety in this hobby. 
I want this to be like a, an enjoyable, fulfilling, relaxing, peaceful uh, hobby for all of us. Um, the moment it crosses over to being anxiety-driven and stressful, you know, I don't want that for anybody at all. You know, I think that's a good indicator for us to uh, uh, step back and reevaluate what we're doing. Um, but in any event, I think uh, it's my hope that in talking through this with you tonight, that if you have found yourself across that line a little bit, that it's going to help you. And hopefully this gives you a few tools uh, to negotiate down the road if the time comes for you to part with a few really big cards. So anyways, that's all I have for tonight, guys. I thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you so much. Um, please, uh, let's see, let me... I never do this stuff, so let me plug a bunch of my stuff, I guess. Uh, go to my website, tanmanbaseballfan.com. If you have any questions uh, or comments, feel free to email me, tanmanbaseballfan.gmail.com. Uh, buy my book on Amazon, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict. And last but not least, feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tanmanbaseballfan. Thank you again. As always, I hope you have a great rest of the day.